Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the Sex Shop Podcast. I'm Ian and sitting on my right hand side, almost crushing it, is Samantha, my co-host. Ha ha ha. So it's now listener correspondence. Have you got anything good for us today? I have indeed. We've had a few letters. Thank you for those. Um, But this one is particularly uh, addressed to you, so I'm going to read it for you. Addressed to me? Should I I be scared? A little bit, maybe. He addresses two of your uh, keener interests in life. Michael Jackson? No. Two of your three keen interests in life. Yes. This is from David in the West Midlands. Hello, David. He says, shall I read it in his accent? No. Oh, no. Where's he from? The West Midlands. Isn't that where you're from? Yes. Oh, so it's your accent. Well, I can lay it on thick. No, no, no. Please Uh, don't. Nails on a chalkboard. I've always had fancy. (laughs) (laughs) Samantha loves it when I do that. (laughs) I've always had fantasies about combining food with sex. The two interests. Ah, I see, Mm. yes. I've managed to get a couple of girlfriends involved in the past by painting them with chocolate body paint and licking it off. But really, I want to go further. I want to cover a girl in cream, jelly, syrup and lick her clean. How do you think I should approach the subject with potential dates, Samantha? Okay. Uh, wasn't what I was expecting when you said it was addressed to me. But well, well, You said hello, Samantha. That's addressed to you, isn't well, it? Well, yes. But anyway, um, firstly, I would say that that sounds very sickly, the toppings he wants to put on top of Are that. Are you more of a savoury, uh, body-licking kind of girl? Well, I'd say like a nice hummus. Oh, or... A bit of hummus, <laughs> a couple of olives on your nipples, that sort of thing. Oh, yeah, that would be quite tasty. With all... Well, he's going to have to have a big cup of tea to go with the the cream and jelly. Yeah, I picture him with a cup of tea. (laughs) Um, Well, I don't think it's that weird. um, Oh, no one said it was weird. Are you judging David? I'm not judging him, but he said he doesn't know how to broach a subject. I wouldn't have thought it would be a big deal, to be honest. It's like, I want to put delicious ingredients on you and lick them off. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, you say that in a casual way because your answer would be yes, all right. (laughs) But um, if he's talking to a girl in a pub or or what what not or at work, and then he's, he's he calls them potential dates. This isn't his girlfriend. Well, you shouldn't be asking potential dates any that's sexual why, things. That's why he's asking for your advice. Isn't he? he doesn't want to waste his time dating all these girls, having sex with them and stuff, just just if they're going to say no to the cream. Well, yes, but you can't ask somebody that you don't even know wants to have sex with you if you can lick them clean of. The things you put on them, they need to be. At an... what point do you? What, this is what he's asking. Well, okay, at what point David. Do you bring it up? I was assuming that you meant you're on a, you're dating a girl, and now you want to bring it up with her. He clearly says potential dates. Well, then I think you're a bit weird, David, and you shouldn't. <laughs> uh, Sam, Sam promised she'd be non-judgmental in this episode. She lasted two minutes <laughs> fifty-two. Okay, no. Um, I think if you're talking to somebody in the pub or in the office, it would be a bit forward of you to say, how's about I lick this off your nipples? Like, it doesn't matter that it's a food fetish. He doesn't have to mention nipples. Okay, but can I get you naked and lick things off of you? It's very forward. It doesn't matter that it's food. It would be forward to say... If we go on a date one day, would you? can I kiss you? It'd be like, whoa, David, calm down. I haven't even said yes to a date yet. Yes, all right, that, so, that's understood. But there's only sort of um certain amount of ways you can ask a girl out. And 
all of them <laughs> underneath the surface. <laughs> they don't involve cream. It's <laughs> a good one. But underneath the surface, you're basically saying, I'd like to have sex with you, aren't you? If you say to a girl, oh, do, would you like fancy going for a drink after work? It, it's obviously you don't want to be a mate, isn't it? It really, You might as well say, I want to have sex with you. No, it's you just shouldn't. A, you shouldn't say that. That's why there's this social etiquette of like, oh, let's say, should we have a dinner or a drink? But really, what you're ultimately saying is, I quite fancy you for either a sexual partner or a romantic partner. Well, yes, but I don't think you should be like making it that basic. That's not very nice or romantic. This could be somebody that you want to spend the rest of your life with. You're not just looking at them as though you want sex. Are you? No. Um, how can I put but this? I, um, anyway, I want to answer David's question. Mm. I think if he wants to be that forward, and and if it's such an important thing for him to do, yes. he needs to go onto a website like either for fetishists, fetishes, fetishes. We're there again. How do I say it? Yeah. No. Um, who have a food fetish? Because everybody has a fetish nowadays, and there's a website for everything. Are they modern? What? Or do people just talk about them more? I think people talk about them more. But, you know, you could probably go on to Google right now and find a whole thing of websites dedicated to people that are like food sex. And so you could just go on there and you could be straight up about it because you're all on there for the same reason. And you could be like, look, I like honey, jelly, cream. What about you? Yes, you know who you're going to meet on there. Someone who wants to have sex with jelly and cream and whatever else he's mentioned. But... He's, he's saying potential dates. Presumably he wants like a normal girl who, who wants to have... Uh... Yes, but if you want a normal girl who wants to do that, you can't ask her about those things before you go on it a date. It weeds her out. You'd ask if she likes football or not. Yeah, but you go on a date and get to know somebody first. Maybe. So... If he's sneaky, he could take her for dessert somewhere and accidentally drop a bit on her leg. <laughs> Let me get that for you. Exactly. If she doesn't scream, then he's got one. Well, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I think he seems, this seems to be like a, a sexual fetish that he wants to scratch, itch, itch or scratch. Satisfy. Okay, satisfy. So I think he should go and find a person who wants that. Or go on Tinder and look for people that want to hook up and do that. But don't, if this is what you're you're looking for, don't try and dress it up as a date as or as a relationship is what I'm, I'm thinking. And if it is somebody that you like and that you're dating and you don't know how to bring it up, then I think, yeah, if you've been on a few dates, just bring it up. Just say, this is what I like. How's mm. about it? Or you could also, um, if you're a bit shy to bring it up, I was going to say rent a video. How old-fashioned am I? Yes, um, just pop down to Blockbuster <laughs> Video. <laughs> but um, you could download illegally obviously um nine and a half weeks because there's a very good sex food scene in that and then you can watch it with her and be like well hey that looks like a bit of fun there is or he could possibly um like he's already really suggested with the chocolate body paint isn't that like a gateway to body hell. paint oh. like a gateway drug they say marijuana gets you onto harder drugs maybe uh, the chocolate body paint if she likes that I don't know why he hasn't pursued that particular uh, alleyway. Oh, yeah. Chocolate alleyway. (laughs) Or like Hershey Highway. Um, Hershey's horrible. (laughs) Um, Hershey's cooking and cream is nice, but the others are not that great. No, it tastes of vomit. Have you ate vomit? I bet Hershey's. 
Yeah. And it tastes like that residue you have in your mouth once you've vomited. Uh, mm. uh, you know what you're going to be getting Christmas? Or Christmas? No. Mm. Anyway, um, what was I saying? Yeah, so I, I really don't think it's that big a deal if you're in a relation, if you're dating somebody. If you're not dating someone, it is a big deal to bring it up. But if you've been on a few dates and that's what you like, I really don't think you need to make a big deal out of it. Just say, oh, I think this would be a bit of fun. Or buy a can of whipped cream and say, let's go. <laughs> I was thinking this. it might be a little bit of fun, and she goes, oh, all right then, and then he opens a big suitcase full, <laughs> <laughs> full of cream and fruit. And... I'd be like, oh, she has pancakes. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, David, if you, if you just want to have purely sex, then go onto a website and find somebody who also wants that, and if it turns into something else... Um, then great. And if you want a relationship, then don't be weird and creepy and ask a girl about food sex before you've yeah. been on a date. Yeah, you'll have to write off some early uh, fledgling relationships and just say, look, you're not what I'm looking for. You seem like a nice girl. Yeah, but um, do think about the um, savoury. I think the savoury would be quite nice. Yeah. You could have one sweet girl and one savoury girl <laughs> and you could, you know, alternate. Yeah, that's true. Mm. And with food sex, like... Is it only sort of slippery things? Do you know what I mean? Like, or could you put like, like a steak? <laughs> no, but I mean, Slop. no, but I mean like sauces and stuff and cream. Oh, I think sauces are. Um, yeah, but you, what? So you couldn't like get expected. some mini muffins or I don't know a fondant fancy. Oh, see, you've been giving this some thought. <laughs> Interesting. You should bring it up, and I know you always like it when Do you we have go... a fondant fancy in your pocket. <laughs> I'm just pleased to be here. <laughs> no, you always like it when I... <laughs> People don't know what fondant fantasies are. They're not from the 1970s like you are. Mr Kipton does. Yeah. Anyway. Um, in Japan... Here I, we I go. Know are you, you going like to tell a... me about a vending machine? No, no, no. Do they have a fondant <clears throat> fancy... Vending machine. If I say yes, will you shut up? I'll book a ticket. <laughs> um, they have a kind of, it's not food sex, but it's food taken from a beautiful woman. They have Sushi Girls. Oh, I've seen that. Have you seen the, the movie Sushi Girl? No, but I have seen... Like on a documentary or something. Yeah, mm. and I, I, I'm not down with that. I mean... Well, she washes and stuff. Well, if there's someone I'm in an intimate relationship with... I'll eat food off of you. But I don't want some random girl with my food on her body. They only have the nicest random girls. Yeah, but I don't want to eat sushi that's from her, her That's crack. her job anyway. Well, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So for, for those of you who are not in the know, yeah. um, the girl lies down naked on the, on the table in front of all the businessmen. Or You have to pay quite a lot for this. It's it's not like something she, you get on sushi train. She doesn't go around in a circle. <laughs> and you get very pick. dizzy. <laughs> yeah, she choo, choo. There's not a real Does train. She no, she lies there as if she's a model. Or I was going to say as if dead, but that's not very hygienic, is it? But she just lies or there nice, motionless. But, right. And because sushi is such an art form, they've um, arranged the beautiful bits of sushi all over her body. Yes. And... Um, there's usually a pool of um, soy sauce in her belly button. I love soy sauce, but yeah. I don't want it from her belly button. Well, it depends on the girl, then. Well, firstly, I don't mean to ruin it, but firstly, I'm I want a plate. 
I don't want to eat it off of her body. Secondly, why is there soy sauce in her belly button? Yuck. And thirdly... Well, the other option was filthier. <laughs> thirdly, I kind of feel sorry for her laying naked on this table... A lot of money. ...in front of all these businessmen. No, And no. it's like, why can't you just eat off plates? You're just being creepy. They're not being creepy. It's, it's culture. And <sighs> she's not being exploited. She gets paid a lot of money. Not every girl That's can do it. That's what all the pimps say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you have to... Have Undergo the tests. What are the tests? You have are to you be, hot? Do you have a yeah, you have to belly be button fluff? Yeah, that sort of thing. Right. And you have to be able to lie there motionless. Are you allowed to be tickled? Like, can can you tickle them? That's not part of it. Oh. Are they like the London guards? Do they get tickled? <laughs> oh, no. <but laughs> have, you, have you licked a London guard? No. <laughs> Very soy saucy. <laughs> no, but you're not allowed. They probably have horseradish, actually. London for the guards. horse guards parade. Um, but would you... You're not allowed to, like... They're not allowed to respond to anything. So oh, like they if, do. If you if you push them, if you get too close. But if you tickled them, they're not supposed to they do anything. They would attack you. Would they? Of course they would. Are you sure? Yes. They're there to guard the Queen, aren't they? Yeah, but they're, they're not, not going to say, oh, sorry, sorry. No, but they're not allowed to talk. They're not allowed to say anything or do anything. Not unless you provoke them. But if you get too close or try to touch them, they will... Um, oh, really? Suddenly spring into action, yes. Is that the same with the sushi girl, then? No. She just sushi flies, flies everywhere. But from what I've seen... And what about... A, yeah. Unfortunately, I haven't seen it at close hand. Yeah. I've only seen it on documentaries and on one film called yeah. Sushi Girl, surprisingly enough. Right. Um, the guy's usually, like, um, high-powered businessmen having a meeting. And it, it's all about, in Japan, impressing your business associates with... Mm. By spending the most money, you take them to the most exclusive places. And having um, a girl covered in sushi obviously costs a lot of money because they only do it in certain places and, yes. you know, you book the whole private room. Yes. So it impresses your guests. You, right. you're not, they're not staring at the girl. It's just, like, all casual. Mm. Just like you'd order the most expensive champagne to impress someone. You, you don't stand there reading the bottle going, oh, look what I've bought. Well, maybe, but... Mm. I don't, I don't want to go there. I don't want to eat there. Oh, I do. Well, you, you I'll, can... I'll get you a takeout. <laughs> no, I'm going to be at the fondant fancy vending machine oh, yeah. waiting for Trying you. to get your dollar coins. <laughs> well, it's Sex Shop Chat, your favourite part. What was that music? That was Ali McBeal. Oh, was it? Oh, OK. Well, don't tell me you didn't like Ali McBeal. Well, I like Lucy Liu and Callista Flockhart, but the programme was a bit naff, wasn't it? Well, I think if you like Midnight Cowboy or whatever Midnight it is... Midnight Caller. Yes, you've got no reason to judge. So Yeah, but this is a show with three beautiful 20-something women who are all top lawyers in New York. Yes, your point being... And they're barely out of high school. Well, they were very clever. Uh, yeah. like the doogie houses of the uh, <laughs> yes. of the law world. Whatever. Anyway, moving along, what have you got for us this week? Well, it is shop chat, as you pointed out. Yes. And um, we often sort of spear off into different ramblings on shop chat. And we, we doesn't don't really, sound like us. It sounds like you. Yeah. And we don't really focus on shop chat, do we? But no. it's all going to change in episode 11. Well, how exciting. Yes. Now, one of the Dorises from next door, yes. and long-time listeners will know that that's from the Information Centre, which Ekatuna doesn't really need, but it has. <laughs> um, she came in to tell us that she saw a couple, a couple of people, like a, right. you know, 
uh, walking up and down the street looking nervous. So she kept an eye on them, right. wondering what, what the problem was. And then after much looking over their shoulders and, and whispering to each other, they snuck into our shop. Oh, my gosh. And she yes. said, isn't it strange how people are nervous about coming in? But that's only because Doris is used to it. Yeah, that's true, I suppose. When they first started coming in um, to use the toilet or to ask us something, they were pretty nervous. Well, yeah, because to be fair, the Doris that you're talking about, she came to our opening night, didn't she? Mm. And um, I think she left having bought a bar of Dove soap yes. and, a, and a puff. On our original <laughs> opening night in 2017, we put out, apart from all the sex toys, we put some um, little non-sexual things around the shop just so people felt more comfortable. Yeah, I called it... We put them near the entrance, and I called it our soft entrance. Yeah, very good. So we had uh, bars of soap, shower gels, like erotic shower gels. Yeah. And what are those scrubby things that poofs. women... Poofs. Or puffs. Yes. Are mm. they puffs? Not the ones you sit on. No. Yeah. <laughs> or the men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's you this week, is it? We'll be, get, we'll be getting letters. Then. Yes. Not in a good way. <laughs> yeah. Um... Anyway, yeah, so she bought those. So she was a bit nervous coming in and everything, but now she's just so used to it. Um, so I don't think she realises, I think, and we don't realise oh, either. People, we don't. People do feel uncomfortable. And, um, yeah, for us it's hard to understand because we're just so used to a sex shop and its environment. And especially, like, I know you don't understand it at all, but I think you've forgotten what it is like. Yeah, I probably have. And... Yeah, having worked in some of the seedier ones, now I work in a nice one. I think, what is people's problem? They come into a nice store. It's the nicest store in town. Well, yes, it is. But then, like, if you think way back, nearly 10 years ago now, um, when I first started working in Peaches and Cream um, in... Auckland, Auckland yeah. yes. Um, you didn't even want to come and visit me at work. And I just first, didn't like you. And the first time you came in, you felt really sheepish and stuff, and you knew who was there. It was me. But you you did feel a bit embarrassed, well, and you didn't want to have a look around and stuff. It was my first time. And I, I really, it made me nervous when other people came in, like customers came in. I thought, I, I don't want to embarrass them. And I, I don't want to look like I'm lurking in a sex shop because right. I was lurking until they left. <laughs> and so I could chat to you. You were lurking. I haven't been able to get rid of you. Mm. Yeah. Um, but if I was, if I was gone in to buy something, I'd have been less worried. I think. Do you think so, though? Yeah. I was just this random guy who was in a sex shop. Why are you in a sex shop? Well, oh, I'm just chatting up the woman behind the counter. <laughs> I wasn't, but he looked that way. Well, yeah, but then I think that's what I'm trying to say is that. Um, <laughs> Are you making? Oh, I thought someone was coming in, so I was going to uh, pause the recording, but they've gone elsewhere. They're probably too nervous to come yeah, in. Yeah, probably. Um, they saw your face and thought, no, no, no. Yeah. Um, so where were we? Yeah, so I think you do forget what it's like because mm. it's like the first time, I don't know, going into a sex shop, um, a sex shop, a strip club or yeah. something. Do you? It's probably nerve-wracking and the girls aren't giving you a second thought. You're just another customer, but to you it's a big deal. Well, I was special. They all like <laughs> dancing for me. Yeah. They all sure. said that. Did they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they all said we take checks yeah. as well. <laughs> Must have been the truth. Um, yeah, so I think we do forget that people find it nerve-wracking, but um, I suppose it is because especially a lot of sex shops, you can't even see what's inside because the windows are blacked out and... And stuff, you don't know what to expect when you get in there. Yeah. Well, I always thought it was a bit of a strange one that sex shops had blocked out windows. But 
now I've worked in a few, I understand that they don't want people peering in. <laughs> it, was, it was a revenge tactic. Yeah, maybe, because we do get a lot of peepers, as we yeah. like to call them. Um, people who just, um, yeah, they stick both their hands up to the glass yeah. and then they look through. And, and it's like, it's almost as if we're ghosts that they can't see because they just... Yeah carry on staring even though we're looking back at them as much as i wave my fist at them they, they just they still look in and they're, they're obviously too nervous to actually come in and have a look but do they think that looks better to, oh, I know, yeah. to someone driving past oh there's there's a weirdo peering into a shop yeah and that's funny but yeah and like those people that were walking up and down and then darted in like we would remember them more than just somebody who comes in asks a few questions and leaves again mm. Because I certainly would. It makes me want to find out where this fella works uh, <laughs> and at the petrol station or something, just peer in the window at him. <laughs> they've got chocolate bars. <laughs> Start waving the petrol pump around <laughs> or something, yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, it is a bit... Yeah, you just get, like you say, because we've been doing it for so long, you get a bit blasé about it, mm. don't you? But you are selling fake penises and vaginas and sex gels, so I suppose it is a little bit nerve-wracking for some people. Yeah, I suppose, and... Um, but I'd like to think once they do come in, they realise it's not as scary. And, and the thing is, it's like people are probably thinking that we're like judging them on what they want to buy or so what they I'm not or what, what questions they ask or or anything like that. But like it could not be further from the truth. Like if you come into our shop, then usually if we're not um, working hard on our website, we're um, sporkling. Yes. I should probably explain what that is because that sounds like a sexual practice, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> It's the opposite of a sexual practice. It's doing online quizzes because we've run out of things to do in the shop. And to talk about because we've been friends for too long. So now we just um, sporkle instead. Mm. Um, so that's usually what we'll be doing when you walk in. And, yeah, if a customer comes in and they don't want any help, then, yeah, we don't really pay them any attention until... Well, we make sure they're not thieving. Well, yeah. But, I mean, we don't really give them a second thought until they come up and ask for, for some help. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, we had a woman in yesterday Yeah, and she came over looking at the anal plugs and the toys and the probes and stuff and she didn't want any help for a while. And then she nervously asked me a question about anal sex. We were the only people in the store, but she still whispered to me. Right. And like it was something outrageous or illegal. But she's looking at a, a stand of about 50 butt plugs that have all been mass produced yeah, and yeah. boxed and shipped into our store and being sold in a legal store. And I thought, well, what do you like when you buy heroin? <laughs> <laughs> you must be very nervous. Yeah, but they're not thinking about all of those things. They're just thinking they've had to come into this shop and they're going to have to ask somebody about something that they want to do that's very intimate that they might even find hard to talk to their partner about. And they've got to ask you or me who's behind the counter so that, that is scary for them. And they don't know that we're not sitting there going, oh, my gosh, she wants a big butt plug. How big? You know, we're just sort of going, all right, I hope I can help this person. And then, oh, what time is it? Can I eat yet? I, I, that's what I'm usually thinking. Do you usually restrict yourself to different times of day? What, to eating? Yeah. You know I do. Oh, yeah. Intermittent fasting. Daytime. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm just trying to to get across how um ordinary it is to us and that people really shouldn't worry or feel like they're being judged the only people we talk about or judge are the the browsers the peepers or uh <laughs> that's 90 percent of the people who come in well no but 
yeah, all the people who are overconfident. This is a, a good guide for you if you're uh, looking to go into sex shops. Sex shop guide. Yeah, sex shop guide. New section. Yeah. Um, is just be comfortable or appear, look comfortable. Laughing at things or pointing at things and going, hey, that's one for you yeah. to their friend. That isn't comfortable. That smacks of I'm not comfortable. Yeah, so I have to be really loud and annoying. Yeah. And, and then... Like you'll ask them, oh, do you need any help? And they look at you like they're the king of sex. And they, yeah. I don't need your help. Well, if I need help, I, I'm doing it wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then they spend the, the next 10 minutes looking at products they don't understand yeah. and, and whispering to their friend, what's this for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, my favourite type of customer is someone that just comes in and you ask them if you want some, they want some help and they're like, oh, I'm just going to have a quick look. And then they'll come over and ask a few questions. You help them. And then, you know, everybody's happy. Is one of the questions they ask you, how do you keep a business like this going? No. Oh. And why have you opened a sex shop in a small town? They're not my favourite customers. No. Everybody asks us. Well, not everybody. The nice customers don't. But so many people come in and ask us that. Like, they're, they're not going to buy anything, but they just come in and say, oh, so have you made much money today? Or do you make much money? And it's like, would you go into, like, Cotton On or Glassons or somewhere and ask them that? No, I might do. Well, yeah, you should. Again, I'm going to track people and follow them home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I'll think knock, that's a bit creepy. Knock on his front door yeah. and go, uh, yeah. what are you doing here? <laughs> it's a small town, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Sorry about the slight pause there. One of um, the Dorises from next door, one of Ian's fans, mm. uh, came in to talk to us about the newsletter. It's very handy how they're all called Doris next door, it, isn't it? It is, yes, very handy. Mm. Yeah, so um, they wanted to get our opening hours right to go on the brand new Ekaterhuna newsletter. Yeah, which is read by almost everybody in Ekaterhuna. Yeah, it's very, very exciting. It's got a very far reach. Yes. If you if you want to uh, write in, we can send you, you can one. You win one. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good. Yeah, you'll be playing Mahjong down the club before you, before you can say knife. <laughs> anyway, we've been rambling quite a bit, as we usually do. Um, have we got anything more to add on Shop Chat? I have. I don't know if this falls under sex shop. Chat. Well, it does if you say it quickly because I'm about to stop it. Oh, okay. Um, last week we did a little competition. Oh, we did? Yes. Mm. So, yes. I'm rummaging through my notes. Yes, go on then. Rummage, rummage. We had, um, well, one. It... <laughs> <laughs> we, we had two people write in, but one was particularly uh, desperate for the prize. And the other one was your mum. No, no, she doesn't listen. She'd have heart attack. Um, it's Joss from Masterton, so congratulations to Josh. Joss. Josh or Joss? Joss. Yeah, Joss. Okay. Um, and what can we send Joss? What tat are we sending her, or is it a surprise until oh, she opens it? Oh, it will be a surprise, a, oh. a, an array of tat. An array of tat. Well, uh, there you go. Did she give the address? Yes, she did. Okay. Well, expect... She was very forceful. Oh, expect that in the post, Joss. We've reached that section of the show again where you can go off and cook your dinner or put the kettle on while Samantha rambles on in Sam's chat. Why do you have to be rude every single week? Consistency. Mm-hmm. Well, I think this is people's favourite part of the show because I know it's mine. OK, well, you are about a quarter of the listenership. <laughs> OK, well, I wanted to talk about this week was um, that awful, awful documentary we watched the other day. Ali McBeal. It's not a documentary. Oh. And we didn't watch it the other day. 
Anyway. Yeah. Um, that awful one about those women. Yes. That, um, the English women that go to, was it Turkey? It was Turkey. That would go to Turkey to have sex with young men. Mm. How just horrific and tragic was that documentary? It was desperate. I was expecting it to be a bit Shirley Valentine. I love that movie. Mm. You watch it now. Uh, yeah, it's probably not that great. But it, it wasn't Shirley Valentine. It was two complete hags, um, like 50, 55, weren't they? Something yeah. like that. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that, but well, these no, women probably, uh, were hags. Early 50s, yeah. Okay. But anyway, yeah. They were the commonest people you'd ever meet in your life. And absolute slappers, basically. Yeah. So the documentary started with them in their hometown being Ugh. interviewed. And the hometown looked, yeah, like the asshole of the world, didn't oh, it? Oh, it was awful. Like it, it was somewhere in northern England, which which can be lovely. Yeah. But this wasn't one of those no, lovely and pubs. And they were in their local pub yeah. drinking and smoking the, their fags. The sort of pub that has no carpet and there's sawdust on the floor to, yeah. to catch the vomit. Ugh. And then they were stood outside talking to, well, drunk talking to people saying, mm. we're going off to Turkey to have some some sex with some young guys. and um, like we're better than you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, we know the deal. You know, we go over and have two weeks of sun, sea and sex. And mm. like straight away I was thinking this is going to be the best documentary ever. But oh my gosh, they're awful. They sounded surprisingly cockney, didn't they, for northerners? Well, that was my northern cockney. Accent. Oh, was it? Yeah, yes. a knockney. <laughs> or a... What would the other bit be? Cawthorners. <laughs> That's not as good, is no. it? No. Anyway, um, and then, you know, before that, oh, then they were packing their suitcases. <laughs> That's only totally funny to us. But um, anyway, um, they were packing their suitcases and then they were talking to the camera saying about how, you know, they know loads of women go over to places like Turkey and meet men. But, you know, the thing is that they're in the know because they know that it's just sex and they just go in there for a good time and why shouldn't they? They've earned their right and all this malarkey. And then before you know it, they're off on their jet plane. But this time they're going on their Turkish holiday with their whole family. So it was like... Yeah, the one one of the women uh, took her daughter and her who son. was 19 and... No, that was a different one. And the other one, the other woman took her son, who was 11. Yes. And he, he looked like a football hooligan already. Yeah. But um, the poor lad, I mean, he's got no chance. He's, he had to spend two weeks in, oh, I can't remember the town they went to, but it was basically a prostitution area. Yeah. In the worst hotel you've ever seen in your Ooh. life. Um, watching watching his, mom. his mom get off with all these Turkish, they looked gay, some of them, didn't they, with their shirts off dancing oh, around. Oh, yes. Sleazy, just really young guys, and she's just bringing home one after the other after the other, and like right in front of her son, not caring that he's there, mm. and it was just awful to watch. And then the other one that brought her teenage daughter was like, "Yeah, well, yeah, she was sixteen. She, we need to get her started, and all this." And then like the daughter's getting off with some Turkish dude in front of her mum, and her mum's like egging her on, and yeah. then she goes and spends a night at this Turkish dude's house, and she's never met him before in her life, and she spends a night there, and the mum doesn't even care because she's busy getting off with a married Turkish guy that she met last time. Yeah. And it was just so shocking to me that people behave like this. When the daughter finally arrived back at the hotel, doing the walk of shame, as they put it in her uh, yeah. last night's clothes, um, the mother started to warm to her again and said to the cameraman, oh, well, she looks after herself. She always gets tested. Oh, my gosh. And that... 
mentality yeah. blows my mind. We won't use a condom, but we'll get tested when we get but home. Honestly, you wouldn't believe the amount of people. Like, I've got friends who are these friends. No, I'm doing the fingers. I know you're doing the fingers, but it's not me. Trust mm. me. I've got friends who actually say those words to me. They're like, "Yeah, but I'm safe. I always get tested." Yeah. And it's like, "What? So you have they? They have." unprotected sex with random people sometimes people that they've just met on like a dating site or like a, a food fetish site yeah or something. something like that david um no but like on a, a dating site or even a sex site and then they'll go and have unprotected sex with this person who is willing to have unprotected sex with them so the amount of people you're actually yeah, not just willing sex, usually requested oh well, yeah and they do that and then they think they're being safe if they then go and get tested the next week to make sure they haven't got anything and it's like yeah. love if you've got something, it's too late. Mm. It's not about, like, finding out. It's about prevention. And, like, how could you be having sex with these people unprotected, knowing that you could be catching anything? I don't I don't, don't yeah. get it. Something went wrong in the public health message somewhere, oh didn't it? Oh, my gosh, yeah. So then so that, that was going on. Walk on the train lines, but then ask a friend if you're all right after. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So, yeah, there was that. And then, yeah, these women, it was so funny because all the way through the first half of this documentary, they're talking about, yeah, we know the deal. And then they're, like, walking down Prostitute Alley going, yeah, we know all the bar owners, they all love us. And it's like, mm. no, they're just looking at you like your mugs. And then the second part tells us that two years ago, the pair of them got married to yeah. some Turkish guys. They didn't want to let on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're now divorced because they found them on a check your Turkish boyfriend website yeah. to see if he's a, a male whore, basically. Yeah. And both their husbands were on there with loads of women warning them about them. So they broke up with their husbands and now they've gone back to Turkey to find themselves some more. And the lady with the young daughter um had gone back to turkey to meet uh ali his name was wasn't yes, it yes. and he but then it re is revealed that he's actually married to as she goes a turkish woman like well that's bizarre yeah. in turkey isn't it? <laughs> and um she's like yeah and all they do is just lay there they're not goers like me and it's yeah. like if you just heard yourself call yourself a goer and why would he be interested in his 25 year old turkish ex exotic wife yeah when he can have a 55 year old <laughs> Haggard old hat. Yeah. And it's like, and then, you know, they're there. They're, and they're, they're honestly believing that he's into them. And they're going, yeah, well, people don't know the deal, but we're different. And it's like, that's what everyone's saying. Mm. And they just can't see it. In Shirley Valentine, at least she just went to, it was Greece, wasn't it? Shirley it was Valentine, Greece, yeah. And met this guy who happened to be a waiter and blah, blah, blah. You can sort of fill in the blanks yourself. You know what's going to happen. But it wasn't at least actually it... a waiter. She thought he was a waiter and he was the owner of the business. Oh, well, that's mm. even better. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, it sort of happened. But these two women have gone to the prostitute red light area yeah. for picking up men. Yeah, and then they get upset when the men ask them for money. Mm. And um, I, I just, the whole thing was just like car crash TV. I couldn't stop watching it, but it was horrible at the same time. And you can't believe that people live their lives like this. Yeah, and take their 11-year-old child to see prostitution in action. Well, and even take your 16-year-old daughter. Why do you even want to know that your daughter's doing things like that? And then not only do you know it, you're you're watching it and laughing about it. it. She was smoking and drinking. Yeah. And, you know, I wouldn't really want my 16-year-old to do that. And then, um, but that, that was to get her over the grief of explaining what she'd done the previous night. Oh, my gosh. It was just horrific. And it just... 
Um, it, that was like a whole different side of sex tourism because, like, when you talk about sex tourism, which we often do, weirdly enough, we often do. You often ask my opinion. Yeah. Um, it's usually you thinking about I don't know men going to Thailand or um, yeah, the Philippines. Yeah, or that sort of thing. You don't really look at it from the other point of view of women going yeah, to do it's, it. It seemed a lot worse to me, but I don't know whether that's because it was unusual to see women doing it. But it just seemed more brazen and more obvious. You think so? I think so. Well, but, I think it's both sides aren't nice. Hmm. But, um, yeah, I suppose it seemed more shocking to see these women doing it, even though why should it be any different? I don't know. Hmm. But, um, yeah, like when you see sex tourism in Thailand, it, I suppose... Oh, it's an eye-opener. It's... My yeah. friend Hugh and I, I've told you this story before, um, when we were young, we were probably uh, 19 or something, 20. Yes. We went to Thailand because uh, one of his friends... If you say because you wanted to see the temples. We did see some temples. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, one of his friends, an older guy who, who we knew from playing poker with. Right. Um, he's got a Thai wife. Yeah. And he's got an apartment over there, so we went over to see him. Right. Uh, you know, excuse, good holiday, fantastic. And um, he, his name is Malcolm, and he he had a wife called Wan. Right, Wan. Most of them are called Wan. Most yeah. of who? The Thai girls are called oh. Wan. It's quite confusing. Isn't it? Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. And she used to be a bar girl, which right. is, you know, quotes, unquote, a prostitute. Right. And he treated her quite badly. We remember thinking at the time we were very uncomfortable with the way he treated her, but she loved him and she thought this was probably the best she was going to get. You know, right. she was beautiful. Yeah. About 20s, I presume, and he was in his 60s. Oh. And, but, you know, she seemed okay with it. And he would tell us all the things that she does for him, you know, the sexual things and, oh, she gave me a blowjob with ice cubes in her mouth. And What, his wife? He was he, talking this way about his wife? Yeah, talking about her like she didn't understand, but she spoke pretty good English by this point and she'd just look at us and roll her eyes. And, oh. well, even if she didn't understand, why is he talking about his wife like that? Well, I know. Malcolm sounds like a dickhead. Uh, I didn't know him that well, but, um, right. yeah, I wasn't entirely comfortable in his presence. He right. seemed to know a lot about the prostitution scene in Thailand. As my good friend, Mr Pierce, would say, Kel Supreze. Mm, yeah, yeah, he did spend a lot of time there. I think he did six months in Thailand, six months in Birmingham. Right. Yeah, they're very similar places. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he, t he told us all about... Um, the techniques, not mm. the sexual techniques, but how you'd pick up a girl, who to avoid, right. where to go. And, and my friend Hugh ended up taking his advice and he went to uh, get massages, you know. Are the, you doing the fingers? I would do the fingers, yeah. Right. Um, and he, he had a good time there and met girls and stuff. But, yeah, you see so many people there. We were only in, like, 19 or 20. So we were... We were seen as being genuine tourists. Which oh my we gosh! Were. Are you going to be no, saying, no. "Say we were different"? The girls like spending time with us. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say that. What I am going to say is, when you go there as a young person, it really shouts at you what it is when you see all the like the 50, 60, 70 year old English and German people going around with 19 year olds, and hopefully they were 19. Yeah, some of them didn't look 19. Um, it just looks like a meat market, really. Right. And I'm not saying it's better than um, when the women do it, but it, 
I suppose you you more expect to see an older guy with a younger girl, don't you? Yeah, I still think it's. I I don't think there's anything wrong if you've got a big age gap between you, but I think it's just is wrong when it's so blatantly obvious that you're paying for it and then you're trying to dress it up as something it's not. And yeah, that's what makes me feel uncomfortable. And I don't like it when people sort of go, oh, I'm just on holiday having a bit of fun. Like, oh, because you're on holiday, it's okay. Yeah, holiday covers a lot of sins, doesn't it? Yeah, do you know what I mean? I find it a bit weird. Mm. And tell me, um, well, not tell me, I've heard it before, but tell others about the blowjob bar experience of your friend oh the blowjob bar you can go to um several of the bars uh, uh in thailand well, i forget where this was it's was probably in bangkok somewhere and you sit at a bar just like in a normal pub um it's in it's in a circle and all the girls are in the middle serving drinks right trying to get you to play uh kaplunk or uh connect four or something that's that's like they're in Oh, really? They're soft entrance, so ah. you get talking to them. And then they can say, oh, buy me a drink. And then, you know, after a few drinks, they say, oh, why don't we go back to your hotel and etc. I like that way of flirting. Fancy a game of Connect Four. Oh, is that why you've got the hungry hippos in, <laughs> in your house? Yes. Who do you have over? <laughs> yeah. Um, and anyway, the, the theme of this uh, bar is blowjobs. So what's supposed to happen is that you go in, you sit down... And when you're on the bar stall, your knees obviously go underneath the bar. Yes. But there's a little curtain that drops down right. over your lap. Okay. And so you can't see what's going on down there. You can just feel well, the pleasure. Yeah, of... That's it. So the, the, the premise is, or the premise, as you like to say, is that you can get a blowjob for one of the girls. Right. And no one knows it's happening. But won't she... everyone know it's happening because you're in the blowjob bar? Well, yes, but they don't know when it's happening right. or whether you've really gone for it. Or, or you whether you're just... just really happy because you won at Connect Four. <laughs> <laughs> the counters have gone everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So you you talk to the girls. Yeah. I didn't do this. Uh, you talk to the girls and then... Was it your friend who did it? Yeah, it's my friend. Mm -hmm. And you obviously, they say, oh, do you want a bit of uh, oral entertainment or whatever? And well, Do they start singing? <laughs> That's extra. Belt one out for us, man. <laughs> They've got their pride. <laughs> yeah. And you negotiate a price and then you pay them. Right. Um, and then they disappear. And obviously they've a gone... poof of smoke. No. No, right. And they've just nipped out the back to to crawl under the, uh, the bar, the bar yeah. and start servicing you. Right. So my friend, uh, and I, I'm not doing the fingers, it was my friend. He is doing the fingers. He paid one of the girls, one of the beautiful girls, for a, a blowjob. Right. And she took the money and she disappeared out the back. And then about a minute later, he can feel someone undoing his trousers and, you know, getting to work and stuff. And oh, I'll ask questions in a minute. Yeah, mm, go on. Yes. I don't think they've got vacancies. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, he's enjoying himself and uh, he's, he's trying to make it look like he's not having a blowjob, you know. He's, he's drinking his beer and trying to look at the, the telly or something. Right. And then he's looking around for inspiration because he's, lo he's losing his mojo. Right. He's looking for a bit of inspiration, like, you know, looking at the sexy girls in the bar because they don't wear a great deal. Right. And uh, he's going, oh, look at her. And, oh, I'm almost there. And he looks at another one. Oh, she's beautiful. Hang on, that's the one I gave the money to. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
and he finishes, and from under the counter comes the old lady with no teeth. No. <laughs> it's beautiful, isn't it? I love that. And, and the girl just looks at him. I've got oh. your money. She prob- the girl probably only had to pay the old lady like ten percent of what she got. Oh my gosh, that's awful! Can you not sue? Who are you going to tell? I mean, there are tourist police, but they're just laughing your face. Oh my gosh, that's so funny! That is like the best scam ever. Should we open a blowjob bar? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, in Ekaterina, they you... complain about the sex shop. <laughs> well, that's amazing! Like, wow, what a scam! But then. Um, my questions are, Yes. well, firstly, I think they'd be better off playing chess because... I don't know, think the girls were really up to chess. They struggled with Connect Four. <laughs> no, but you know like how you said he was trying to look like he wasn't having a blowjob? Mm. If you had chess in front of you, you could look like you were considering your next move. Do you know what I mean? Whereas yeah, you, you can't really do that with Connect Four because it's like, just take the fucking thing out. You've overestimated this bar. Oh, okay. There was a lot of neon and a lot of girls... Topless dancing on stages oh, and stuff. Okay. It wasn't um, really a grand master training ground. Okay. And so when you were sat next to your friend, yes. fingers, mm. um, were you two still having a chat while he was getting a blowjob? I wasn't that close. Well, what Not was... emotionally. I wasn't that close physically. Well, what were you doing? Just drinking. Oh, yeah. Watching topless Thai girls on go-go yeah, but Wasn't it awkward? Wasn't it like my friend is there getting a blowjob? Oh, yeah, but I didn't. I knew, but he couldn't see anything, whatever. Did you talk to him during? No. Did you look at him? That would make him lose his mojo very quickly, wouldn't it? Well, did you look at him? No. Only only glanced occasionally to see if he'd finished and he wanted to leave. Well, isn't that awkward? It was more awkward for him, it turns out. Oh. And, um, I don't know. There's so many things I want to ask. Like... And so, like, is it a known fact or could you get, like, molested under the table and there's a big confusion or do people know that they're going into a blowjob bar? It's called the blowjob bar. Ah. And there are several of them and it is a thing. But, really? you know, if you went in as a completely naive tourist just to see some girls dancing and buy a few beers. Yeah. If someone, a girl asks you in, in broken English, you want blowjob and you say no, then... That's you, fine. You get no blowjob. Yeah. You just carry on drinking. Right. Well, wow. That's that's quite shocking to mm. me. But again, just like the um, the, the tourists' uh, brothel area in uh, Turkey that we were talking about, Yeah, you don't stray into these areas without realising that they're red light districts. I mean, right. there's girls on every door, you know, giving you flyers of what, what can happen in here. There's strip clubs and... And the ping pong shows. The ping pong shows, they're good. Okay, well, question for you. Not because I want to go before you ask, but what happens if a woman walks into a blowjob bar and says, can I have a, you know? You'd be escorted out. Oh, really? Yeah. They don't mind women going into the um, strip clubs. In fact, I went into some strip clubs with a girl. Right. Because it makes things a lot easier and you don't get ripped off. Mm-hmm. You save money. It, right. It's it's Ian's money-saving tip. <laughs> Take a prostitute into a strip club <laughs> because then they treat you like, oh, you're not looking for sex. You've got someone for sex. Right. You're just here to see the shows and have some drinks. We won't bother you. Mm-hmm. Mm. No, it's a, it's a good tactic. Okay. Or you could just go on holiday to Thailand and eat the nice food and go to the temple. Well, I did that as well. Mm. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, so they wouldn't let a woman go in and get that. 
Well, no. Really? Why? Well, it's not a thing, is it? Maybe I should open a vagina bar. Yeah, good luck with that. Mm, thanks. Okay, so that about wraps it up for this week. If you'd like to get in touch, it's the shop at post.com. That's the shop at post.com if you want all more information about Samantha's bar she'll be opening shortly in Ekatahuna. <laughs> then uh, then do let us know. 